money. Boston College is the worst team ever. Boston College is terrible. Yeah, I'm up have, here. I, I went to the main game. They're terrible. They're their terrible. Two wins Chiano, are, their Chiano, two wins are uh, Temple, and Temple and Boston College. Those are the two worst wins in FCS football. Well, I, I agree 100%. I like the under, but I'm hesitant. Who did the Wreckers play last week? I was watching them last Temple, week. Temple. They, they, they were 18-point favorites to, at Temple, and they only won by two. Yeah. Oh, the reason I like that game is that I bet for – Temple. Yeah, we bet Temple. Temple. was we, beating him. Temple has talent, man. Yeah, we, we were uh, all over Coach Temple. Raven, plus. He got Denzel Ward, Cam Newton. He knows how to judge talent. I, guess I, good. I, I will tell you this before, before we start. Phil okay. Yurkovich for BC, most overrated quarterback in, in college football. He's awful. Awful. Right. He's awful. I, he no, made he some of those throws man. the other night. With ten, two, good thing they were playing Maine, and then we're playing like <laughs> Florida State criminals or something. Because there's no way they even stay in that game. Right. Maine has a great hockey team. Yes, I'm taking Boise minus Boise minus 16 on Friday night. They're gonna fucking kill Utah. Utah, they suck. They just lost to New Mexico. I just cashed on them. New Mexico, <laughs> New Mexico plus two. UTEP was a three-point favorite at New Mexico. They got their ass kicked. I, right. Yeah, I covered – I've got – I've picked the last two UTEP games right. They were at home against New Mexico State. I had New Mexico State plus, uh, like, 16. They only yeah. lost by seven. And then I picked uh, New Mexico plus two at home against UTEP, and they covered that. So, I faded UTEP the last two games and got it. And Boise State's defense is on fire. They're, UTEP's not going to score more, more than seven. I'm just glad Michigan squeaked out a win against Connecticut because that was that was going really close. <laughs> Mora, fifty-nine Mora. to nothing, dude. I I took UConn plus like forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> they still didn't come. They still. Didn't I know. I was watching. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done taking these big. Fuck the big spreads. I'm done with them. I'm not even. Josh, what what do you think UConn got paid for going to the big house? Half a million dollars. A million dollars. Yeah, Two. that's what I'm thinking. Two million because they sell out their stadium, and Michigan has. Uh, I'll look at their endowment, but Michigan has the biggest alumni group in the country. Hey Josh, is that Rutgers Iowa game a Saturday game? Yeah, got it. Saturday yeah, nine a.m. Yeah, I'm looking at these Thursday Friday. It's gonna games. be ten three. I'm gonna cover the under <laughs> Iowa ten Rutgers three under. Plus the eight points. Kirk Ferentz is still out there, right? Right. Bill Belichick, you don't embarrass the people from the same football mafia. You beat them. You're not going to give Iowa a touchdown? Yeah, they're going to block a punt. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, this is another thing. Uh, The same way the the Pittsburgh, uh, New England game they'll they'll get into (laughs) When the when the you know the skinny white guy drops the ball, you're skinny white guy. You're not fast. Your job is to catch the ball. Do you what think I was going to play twelve or thirteen unders this year? Yeah. You think yeah. so? Oh, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's their style. They're a developmental program. Keep everything in front of you. We're going to play that belt cheat. What what? Josh, what what number did you get for the the under in Iowa? Thirty six. 
That's that 34 and a half right now. Woo. Yeah, no, yeah. I bet that right away. The first surf first. That's that's my new ritual now. As soon right. as the Iowa line comes out, I pound the edge. <laughs> could could that possibly go under 30? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so? what I'm thinking. I think it'll close at 29. I, you want me to read you the Iowa scores for the season, Scott? Yeah, go ahead. Let me read you these. One second. Uh, We're getting a nice pre-show to get warmed up here. All right. These are these are these are Iowa's these are Iowa scores for the year, Scott. Against South Dakota State, seven to three at home. (laughs) South Dakota State. At home against Iowa State rivalry game, they lost 10 to 7. Oh my god. Nevada, a shitty ass Nevada team. They won 27 to 0. Oh my God. So who's playing quarterback for them, Grandpa? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, he looks like a grandpa. He's just as like a junior in college. Like, if you're a receiver, why would you, know you those people ever that go to all? Iowa? Remember those people you never, in high school? Never. You have friends in high school or people in high school. You looked at them like, God, this guy's <laughs> gonna look the same when he's four years old. <laughs> I agree with that's, Chad. That's how the Iowa if, quarterback is. If you're a receiver, if Iowa comes knocking at my door, I'm not answering. I'm not answering. Yeah, yeah you never get the is, ball. So if you look at per- Purdue's number one receiver this year, Charlie Jones, he's a stud. He transferred from Iowa. He had more catches and yards in the first two games at Purdue this year than he had all year at Iowa last year. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, why would you stay there? Why wouldn't you hit the portal? Like, what, why would I go to – like, I, like what am I going to do here? How am I going to go to the – how am I going to further my career going to Iowa? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. A- I might even take the under on Iowa's team total every week. Yeah. It's not, it's not, a, bad, it's not a bad pick. Especially yeah. when they play like a Michigan or somebody else. Oh, no. Uh, they're they're going to It's not going to let them score at all. Smoke. You know? What are the chances for a block punt? You know what I mean? Yep. I'm curious to see what happens. Betting against a block punt is what you're doing. 34 and a half. I'm curious to see if it goes, if it, uh, if it keeps going down or if there's some buyback to the over. Because people are just being like. But really, I mean, it, literally, I'm not kidding about 10-3. That's what that's the kind of game Fiona no, Prince one play. Chad just spread the scores off. Ten to three is right in the in the ballpark. Yeah, they, that's what they have. They have a they have a seven to three and a in a in a ten to seven. If you can't break into LaFrent's computer, which is the team he's targeting, and he has private detectives and all buddy checking on them. Well, and, and, break and, out the office. And, and get this too, Scott. It used to be Minnesota. It was last year with Minnesota because he has a grudge over um, uh, Row Your Boats uh, paid some players uh, and got him to go to Minnesota instead of Iowa. <laughs> so there's you, a grudge there. How do you so only like score 10 points total in South Dakota State, Iowa? How do you do that? That's there impossible. South Dakota State is one of those top FCS teams. Okay, and the thing is, they won seven to three. Scott, they had seven yeah. points. They didn't score a touchdown. That's two safeties and a field goal. <laughs> That's not a touchdown. Don't get confused. Their offense did got stunked by South Dakota State. South Dakota State shut them out on off. Oh my god! I was literally watching that game because I'm like, okay, my role is you did not bet blindly. You did not bet on teams you haven't watched. So I was doing research for the FCS playoffs later on in South Dakota. They're always in the playoffs. They're always in the title game against North Dakota <sighs> State. They should have beat Nebraska. It should have been my clue they were not going to cover that game. 
What is what is uh, Jacksonville Dion school? Are they FCS too? Jackson State. No, no they're FBS. FBS. Yeah, they're D one double Because they're ranked top twenty, right? Aren't they still ranked top twenty right now? Yeah, for Kentucky ninth. What the, what the heck is with Kentucky? They've never been ranked ninth in, in football. Yeah, well, they they're, they're overrated. They were rated. They, they beat a uh, Florida, beat Florida. Like Florida team that shitty ass uh, USF. Yeah, <laughs> was, was yeah. beating for most of the game. I know. I, I, I'm kind of. I think we, West Virginia minus two. I think JT Daniels gets his first qual. Well, like, let's digress. Let's let's uh, do. Thank you for joining the SBC Podcast Network, where the purpose of every podcast is to make money every single podcast is a business meeting this is a podcast we get into the philosophical part of it the definitions of the statistical and analytical and philosophical philosophical processes we use and i'll give a minute lesson on on the big ones today is going to be value that i discuss with Tom Getty. Tom Getty, I was thinking about it today. Tom Getty was an executive at EA Sports Madden. He launched Madden. He made the most money from Madden. You saw the forecast. We're talking about money. And he said that the reason that most athletes end up broke is because they don't understand value. So in a minute, I'm going to explain to you value, right? Smart people take something complicated, make it simple. Dumb people make something simple, like a 10-point lead with a minute left, <laughs> make it complicated. <laughs> That's what dumb people do. So who am I and why the hell should you listen to anything I have to say? I have an MBA, securities, license. I had the license over there. Uh, clients that worth $50 million, right? It gives me access to the Tom Giddies of the world. So we can share information because I think everybody should have access to this information. So in a $130 trillion market, nobody ends up broke. Like in our podcast so far, it's been Warren Buffett. Do not lose money. But individually, I am 37, 29, 56%. Three percentage points from 59%. 59% you're considered a shark, which means you can live in Vegas and buy a house and live off sports betting. So I'm about three percentage points away from that, but we haven't lost money and we're making money. However, we call this the Renee Descartes podcast. A life lived unexamined is not worth living, right? That's what he said. Then the Hawthorne effect, which I use in business. Whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. So I need three percentage points to become legit, live off sports betting, but I want more. I want 20%. I want to get to 76% like Scott was in the NFL playoffs. And you know what? We go with the hot hand. Chad was saying, hey, let's ride Scott. What Scott's saying in the playoffs. And we read Scott to 78%. <laughs> a lot of money made in the playoffs that we owe him a steak dinner when we see him in Vegas, maybe week eight, week nine, we'll throw a party at the comedy club. And uh, we did, I did a podcast with uh, Gimme the J, who's a successful comedian in Vegas. 
We can go to his club and do a EFBC sports podcast party in Vegas during do some college and pro football betting. But I digress, right? So one of the biggest uh, concepts is, and what we'll do is we'll go uh, introductions and then I'll do my one minute lesson. Then we'll get into the games. We'll learn from the mistakes we made, right? From humiliating ourselves, uh, from making ourselves feel pain right, of the humiliation of being wrong, but you admit you're wrong, no pain, no gain, you feel the pain, you feel the, the emptiness of it, the depression that it brings, but then it makes you stronger, so you do not make the same mistakes again. Now, new things arise, but at least it's a new mistake, not an old mistake. So if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, you got diversity. Diverse businesses make 46% more free cash flow, which Tom Getty loves. Rich white people, when you want to convince them, you convince them with data and free cash flow. So if you're diverse, 46%. And diversity is not race, it's not disability, it's not gender, which you see on CNN and Fox, it's none of those things. It is, but it, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of nuance to it. Scott gives us regional diversity from the Northeast. Chad gives us youth. And the fact that he's a professional athlete, his brother is on the way to being a first-round draft pick as a quarterback, as he will outplay Caleb Williams this weekend when they play USC in Corvallis, Oregon. All right, so we'll go Scott with first thoughts, and we'll go Chad. Happy to be here again. Um, some games I was throwing stuff at the TV, um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but this this is a good podcast for everybody to watch and learn and go into tomorrow night's podcast, which will be for week three. So um, looking forward to it. Yep. You know, you got to take time to reflect on your picks. And, uh, you know, we like we, you know, some some picks you get right. Because you picked them right, sometimes you get them right because you're lucky. Sometimes you uh, you lose them because you thought wrong, or you you lose them because uh, luck didn't go your way. So, you know, this is a just you know this podcast is the the podcast where you really get to break down and evaluate your thinking. And uh, man, it really gets the juices flowing for for going into tomorrow's podcast. It really gets you thinking about the teams and uh, and then matchups tomorrow. Uh, you know, this this is you know you. It, it, you have to do this before you start looking at the, the board, um, you know, for next week. I mean, we talked about some games in the pre-show. I haven't really looked at too many other games and spreads and numbers for next week. You know, I kind of like to, uh, you know, compartmentalize and get this stuff out, get get my, the reflection and get my thoughts and these two guys' thoughts on everything that, that we picked right and wrong and then kind of take that into uh, later on today. I'll you know, start breaking down some games and uh, get, get ready for tomorrow night. But, um, yeah, I'm uh, 35 and 29. I'm a little, a little under Josh right now. Um, I'm 50, just under 55 percent. Um, but man, we're in profit, and you know this is only my, you know, really my third, second and a half. I mean, last year was my first NFL season where I played the whole season and bet every game. The year before that, I kind of got in about halfway through. So really, only in my second full year. So you know to be you know, 55% after the first two weeks, which are probably the hardest, you know, two weeks. Um, it's a great start. And uh, I think we, we can really, really, you know, we, 
blow this thing up with a, with a really good week here. Not 100%, right? So perception in reality, right? Sometimes reality isn't what we hope for. So I'm going to give you two versions of this lesson. I'm going to give you the one that I have pinned on uh, Twitter. That's a WWE Ric Flair version. And then I'll give you a more academic uh, version of it. All right. So the, here comes the WWE uh, version of what is value. And the reason, it's one of the reasons I, I, I'm so eager to start the podcast. It's one of the main tenets of the podcast is so people do not get taken advantage of in the sports betting market and the lies and it's nuanced lies, right? And you, and you say, okay, they're lying to me, but why? Why is value so much lying about, right? When people talk about value and sports betting for years, Scott knows about it. Oh, this is a value pick. Really? Why is it a value pick, right? Do you even know what value is? In value, I did not get it from my MBA class. I kind of knew it innately. I think we all know it innately, but it was independent study. I was reading my own book when I got the definition of it. And we talked about it with Tom Getty. College, at the end of the day, what's good about college is that it helps you learn, that teaches you how to learn, how to do independent research. Even if you haven't graduated high school, if you can do independent research and learn, you're fine. But what college does is help you learn. And I learned this on myself, reading a management book from a better management college than what I went to. So I'll give you the Ric Flair version. And then I'll give you a more sanitized version of what value is. And I preached this to uh, Chad privately when we go in the NCAA tournament. Because in the NCAA tournament, this uh, definition of value uh, really fits a lot. But it fits a lot with the NFL and with the lies you're being told by so-called uh, Benny Elk sports and so-called sharps, right? Because real sharps live on a hill. You don't even meet them. They're sending proxies to place their bets. They have the whole thing going on. They have higher limits than us. We can only walk out of a casino with 180000 I don't advise it. I, I have to send you a check. But people who make 200000 above, they're on a whole other level. Those are sharks. They're not on TV. They're not on the radio. They're not going to tell you anything, really. All right? So here's the Ric Flair version, and then I'll give you a sanitizer version. And that's the the song you hear at the beginning of the podcast. All right, we hear a lot of people talk about value, all right? Especially with sports betting, people talk about value. And they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, all right? So it makes me upset if a guy has an MBA and people don't understand what, what value is, right, and try to get over on people. So you got psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and by money, all right? So as we break things down and educate you on the GSSN betting podcast, a few key numbers are important so you understand value. Number one is 52.5 to break even. 
right? Last week we were 12 and eight, 60%. So we were watching football and making money. This year in the bankroll, we understand that some people can't put $10,000 on a game. So with my system, you put the same amount of money on each game. We started with $16,000, $1,000 on each game. So it's a profit of $3,400, but it's just not the money. It was the entertainment, watching the Eagles backdoor cover, all right? <laughs> so remember, the fans always making the money and providing to you the definition, the academic definition of value. All right, have a good one. <laughs> right? I, I couldn't break it down simpler than that, okay? It it's a, an equation, right? Because life is short. You're gonna end up dead. COVID saw that, right? And nobody, nobody takes a Brinks truck. I've never seen. God, have you seen that? Have you ever seen a Brinks truck in a funeral procession up there, Massachusetts? Right. You can't take it with you. You can't take the money with you. You know. So <laughs> that is value. When people talk to you, what value is? That's value for us. It's doing what we like doing, and at the same time, highest and best use of the time, right? So to, to recap, let me know if you guys can see this. Uh, I guess not. No, I can see uh, it. You can see it? Yeah, I can see it. All right. So value, psychological factors. What would that be, uh, Chad? What are the psychological factors of watching football? You played. Of watching football? Yeah. Now you're watching football on a Sunday. Uh, you got the bet going. I mean, you're talking about like. Yeah, yeah me, you're talking so, about. For me, the psychological factors are, uh, is it leisure time? Uh, however. I'm not thinking about a bill because I'm paying a bill with what I'm doing right now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and NFL is very corporatized. So you learn a lot about corporations, learn a lot about uh, what the current corporate philosophies are, right? You're learning a lot about culture, very cultural uh, event, right? And for me, I'm gaining more insight into football because there's money involved. I have skin in the game, right? The other part of it, and a big part of it for business, that's why I tell people whether you like football or not, whether you're betting on games or not, pick the winners. Because what you do is you separate facts from fiction, right? Mental health problem. People live in a fantasy world. A delusionary world, even a guy like Trump, Biden, yes, people. Oh, yes, you're right. Oh, yes, John June, you're right. Oh, that joke was funny, whatever, until they get in trouble. Us poor prop guys don't have that luxury. We have to check our own thinking ourselves so we're not in a fantasy, right? Oh, we lost the bet because of the rest. We lost the no, no, no. To be consistent, you have to take accountability for your thinking, and you have to admit, you have to feel the humiliation the depression, right? Uh, 
for being wrong because we're father knows best we're guys we're supposed to be right all the time right so for me that's a lot of psychological factors that, that are beneficial for me right betting and watching games what is it for you guys For me, the psychological uh, part of, of watching football is is enjoy it. It's a game. Right. Right. You know, I know, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I put $10,000 on the Saints to win. And they're losing. Ah, the referees suck. Ah, the coaching staff suck. Ah. <laughs> Excuse the way that I went well coaching <clears throat> high school basketball for all those years. Excuses are for losers. Right. It, 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 it limits you from winning games. It limits you from winning bets because that's all you think about when you go to the window the next week. Oh, the referees blew it. Oh, the coach is <laughs> terrible. Blah, blah, blah. No, you lost your bet. Put it, put it away. Figure out what you did wrong. Figure out where you went wrong and then put it away and bet the next game or the next week. That's how I do it. That's how yeah. I do it. Oh, exactly. So the next part of it is the fun functional fact stuff, right? That's why in our system, get rich slow. You make profit each week. And a lot of problems because, you know, you see a lot of, uh, we're going to hit them up for advertising, but you see a lot of commercials. Oh, the psychological problems of betting, okay? One of the big functional and psychological mental health problems with betting is that people lose relationships, right? Bell cheats uh, divorce. Uh, Andy Reid. All his kids are drug addicts. You can go on and on with coaches. Uh, Scott, when he got back from Vegas, gave his wife money, right? When I come back from Vegas, I give my wife money. Yep. Right? Yep. My wife, for 11 years, 12 years now, when she goes to the gas station, she uses a Bitcoin card from sports betting to pay for gas. So... You can't get so lost that you're not maintaining your relationship, which means sharing your winnings, having winnings to share. Because you can't share what you don't have. Bet each game individually. Don't bet more than 25% of your bankroll. Literally now, if I feel good about a game that normally I would bet 25% of the bankroll, now I'm just doubling up. I'm betting two grand on the game instead of one versus betting $25,000 on a game, which is nuts. Because you have a 20% chance of losing, right, in probability theory, no matter what. So functional things. You have to buy things. Like right now, uh, the, the 9000 we made on sports betting is Christmas presents, right? Earmark the money. And betting money goes first. If the wife wants to buy something expensive, do it after betting bankroll. Don't do it from savings. Don't do it from your checking account. Don't do it from your retirement account. Do it from your bankroll. Oh, this is my bankroll. I want to get it to 200000 blah, 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 right? And another part of it is you got to think about taxes. So, Scott, I'll give him the numbers. We're going to lobby the lawmakers in, in uh, Massachusetts about because they're formulating how they're going to tax things, right? We've, we've got to be able to deduct our losses from our winnings like horse, horse racing does, right? So you got to look at what's functional. Then it's divided. It's an algebraic equation that we learned eighth grade, ninth grade, you should know this, plus time, right? So they did a study, there been many studies by uh, mathematicians, MIT, whatever. Time literally is money. What are you doing with your, your time? And I know Scott, uh, Chad and I, we watch an excessive amount of football. Yeah. 
Chad and I even go to the practices, right? Chad's watching, you know, practice tape. <laughs> All right. So, how do you maintain a relationship with your women in your life, right? This time, you have highest and best use of your time. This time has to be profitable. And they, what's in it for me? They have to get something out of this time. Yeah. You know, an expensive purse, this, that, and the other, right? My wife's like, oh, you got to watch this movie with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, take your iPad so you can watch the game while you're watching the movies, right? That wouldn't happen if she's not getting something out of it. Mm -hmm. So you got to plan it, right? And then money. I think money is self-explanatory. For the NCAA and for NFL, it's travel time for teams. We use value and pitch. So is it a value pick? Well, you tell, you know, you tell me is it a value pick. Is my wife getting an expensive purse out of me? What are the probabilities, though? Is it up to 80%? Because that's the highest level. There's no such things as lock, right? Because we see it all the time. Oh, uh, our locks of the week. There's no such thing as locks. There's no such thing as the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. A lock does not exist. High probability up to 80%, that's how you say it. Here, you won't hear any of us saying, oh, this is a lock. Oh, this is a virtual lock. There is no such thing, right? The Easter Bunny and Santa Claus does not exist. So what do you guys think? That's a good uh, clarity on what value is. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't put the time in to make your picks and research your stuff, you're never going to make money. So Exactly. Number two rule of betting, always do your research. And yep. uh, I was sitting on Sunday because, you know, I have a good guy, John Beaton. And John B. did a podcast with him too, but him, uh, we know each other, but we're not friends, friends, but he's a friend as far as over the last 15 years, whatever company I work with or whatever I've been, business I ran, he's bought something or referred somebody. You know what I mean? So he's a friend of a friend. And he gave me the good advice of sometimes you have to sit back when you're getting your ass beat, right? And observe. Right. So it's like hockey, right? When they take this stick behind their own net and they're looking at what's going on and everybody takes a break and do a line shift and then they come back out. Right. Um, that's what I was doing. And I wrote some notes and I added it to the top 10 rules of betting. Right. Can you predict turnovers? Yes or no? No, you can't. No, you, can't. you can't predict that a sure handed guy who made it through training camp who's never drops a punt is going to drop a punt against Bill Belichick to give him the game. He catches that punt. We cover because we knew we had the under. All right. So that's value, but that's analogous to anything. What you put in your mouth, what you're going to eat, what job are you going to take? What are psychological factors of that job? Right? How much time is that job going to entail you? How much money are you getting paid for that job? Same thing for a relationship, right? Uh, never get married without checking the person you're marrying's credit report. Not that it's a deal breaker, right? But it educates you on psychological factors and time and money. It, you can use it for anything. That's why it's lied so much about what value is. That's why they're lying to you so much about it. But once you know it, 
then you can start making better decisions because the people with the best information wins. So now we're going to go through the games and we're going to we're going to be honest with ourselves. And we're going to differentiate whether it's a bad pick or is it a 20% bad luck factor. All right. So I'll start first with the Chiefs minus four. We covered our ass on the money line. Uh, under 54, we all got. Chad had the plus four. He cashed. Uh, what do you think, Scott? I don't think it was a bad pick. I think we we knew exactly what was going to go on. And Chad got it right all the way through. Andy Reid again. Yeah, Andy <laughs> Reid. Keeping it close. <clears throat> I had a, I had a lean toward the charges, and I switched it up because – of a simple fact that I thought Mahomes and the Chiefs would come out and do some of the same things to the Chargers they did to the Cardinals. Right. Um, they started very slow in that game, and then they picked it up, I, I think. I can't remember how the game went. but um, Well, the Chargers lacked depth. Is, uh, yeah. And, it, and, it, <clears throat> and Herbert got hurt. He had those ribs. And that fourth down throw that he made late in the game was a bullet on target that only a, a select few quarterbacks can make. Right. Had he not made that, the Chiefs win by 10 points and, and where, you know, we, we win it. Does Chase Daniel make that throw? No. No. He is one of the most clutch quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL right now. Yeah, that was crazy. Put down completion percentage is off the charts. Off the charts. So... I mean, he the play before that throw, he like, like did that double clutch and like yeah. came up lame, and I I was sitting there going, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and he comes back on fourth down and just dots a freaking laser, and that was crazy. The, the only hope I have is that the same team doctor's not with the charges as Tyrod Taylor because he ain't playing. It's the same. Guys. They're the same guys that gave Tyrod Taylor a B twelve shot to the heart and almost killed him. Yep. Yep. Family, family can't get rid of them. Guess where they're from? Tarpon Springs. <laughs> I got a question for Chad. Chad has some insight on this. Happens a lot in baseball. Happens in football, but usually people with roster bonuses, right? And I think this happened with Herbert. When you're in training camp trying to make a team, Chad, if you tweak a hamstring, depending on who you are, if you tell the team doctors, you're cut. Especially yep. chief teams like the Sharks. So how many – that's why the injury reports are bogus because there's so many guys who yeah. won't report an injury or pay the doctors off to not report the injury because they know they will be cut because the teams don't want to pay the medical cost. Yeah, and that's some guys are. some guys are on that injury report just to get a week of rest, and they're not even really hurt. They're just, right. you know, resting their body. So, yeah, I mean um, – So if you're on a borderline to make a team and you tweak your hamstring, you're not telling anybody. No, I mean you're cut. I mean, if yeah, if you, if you can't if you can't practice if you're a borderline guy and you're on the bubble and you tweak a hamstring, I mean you're pretty much making the decision for them, you know. <laughs> like oh, all right, you're him, okay, yeah, you're you're cut. So yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta do your best to, to manage it and, and play through it and um you know risk yeah, I mean you're gonna risk further in that injury, but uh yeah, I mean you can't now they're in week one on the cheapo team, you know, your Colts, your Chargers, whatever, right? They're breaking down the second half of games. 
Needs yep. to come back to some. You, you want me to give you an example of how the injury reports are fast? Tom Brady was on an injury report 15 straight years with the shoulder. <laughs> 15 straight he didn't have a shoulder injury. He just was yeah. on there. No. Yeah. She just threw him on there for 15 straight years. Shoulder, right. shoulder, 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 shoulder. Yeah, because it just, it, I mean, it's just chess, man. They're just trying to, to, yeah. to make you think, oh, is he not going to play? So you have to do right. extra preparation. They're just trying to yeah. ma- make you have to work harder, um, you know, try to just kind of be a step ahead. But yeah, exactly. you can't ever take them too seriously or too literal. No. So you got to look at me. And those, that was a previous rib injury that he hadn't told anybody about. He wants to play. Not that it really matters, but he wants to play. And, you know, just a youthful mistake, his agent, whoever, whatever. We just know the man's hurt and we're putting money on this. So we got, we're using our observational skills. Uh, next game was a game. I don't know. Was it bad luck or bad pick? Uh, you guys got it right. You guys had the over 45. For me, it was a bad pick. I should have looked at the situation and the fact that Harbaugh kills this guys. There's no reason he should be winning 26 straight preseason games in a row. He's beating his guys to death. He's running his guys to death. So they don't have legs in the second half when the season starts now. Not old school either, right? We could work out guys the way he used to. Uh so that was a bad pick, the under 45. That game was going over. And then we all had the Ravens plus 3.5. You can't trust Harbaugh with lines. And I thought since it was early in the season, Lamar Jackson has, you know, $300 million on the line. Uh, they, they were going to, you know, beat the Dolphins. Usually the teams that play New England the week after they're beat up and they lose, especially on the road. I was dead wrong on that. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, man. I mean, Baltimore was winning by 21 points in this game. Um, you know, I mean, it, I, it only prevents you from winning. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had the over here. I thought this one was going to be higher scoring, you know, and I just think that Dolphins offense is the type of offense that, can score points. They can come back. They can throw the ball around the field. They have all kinds of speed all over that um, that offense. You know that you know you got Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I mean, just two explosive, dynamic guys. You got Gasecki, huge, huge target. Um, you know, River Craycraft caught his first career touchdown. Um, he's great route runner, great ball skills, catches everything. Great. I mean, just just a. I mean, he's a Hunter Renfro, but he's he's six foot, two hundred pounds, um, you know. And I just I just think they have a lot of weapons here, and uh, you know they're 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 a team that that can can really really come back. You know, I, I don't. It's like I don't know how I feel about if it was luck or a bad pick on the Baltimore minus three. I'm kind of on the fence because man, when you got a 21 point lead in the NFL uh, on a minus three line, I, I mean, in the second half, I'm, I think you're cashing that ticket 90 percent of the time, 95 percent of the time. So. Um, you know, I think kudos to to the Dolphins. I think you got to look at how explosive that offense is. I think their yeah, offense overvalued Harbaugh in that situation. Yeah, and I think you got to look at the Ravens. The Ravens defense is, uh, I mean, it's not the Ravens defense. It's not the Ray Lewis. It's not. It's not. It's not the right. same defense. Living, I'm they're, living in the past with that pick. They're an average Ray defense. Lewis. They're a very, very, Harbaugh very Lewis. average defense. Um, you know, and I I think that Baltimore is going to be more of an over team, just like Miami. I think. 
They're dynamic. They got speed with Lamar Bateman. They got a lot of speed on that offense. Um, you know, Duvernay took the kickoff opening kickoff back. They got athletes on that offense, man. Big play. You know, you look at the Ravens and the Dolphins build. I mean, they probably have in that game the most guys between any two teams that can score anytime, any place on a field. They could right. break it and go all the way. I mean, there's probably six guys. You know, I could go Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, um, Duvernay, Bateman, Lamar Jackson. That's five right there. I mean, you know, not not most teams only have one guy like that. So I mean, that, there's just so much speed and so much uh, explosiveness on that field. Um, it just, but yeah, I, I, the, the, I, Baltimore should have, should have pulled that out. I mean, there's no reason, uh, they, they, that, that they should have been let Tyreek running by them. What kind of defense are you running? What are you doing, Harbaugh? You're just going to, you're playing, you're playing, you're pre-get, but you're letting a guy get deep behind. I mean, it's not even close. It's busted coverage, two busted coverages. You gave him 14 points. I mean, right. um, I, I would think that Baltimore defensively would make some adjustments and, and bounce back from that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, just ridiculous. Re- I mean, re- ridiculous that that they weren't in a letting Tyreek Hill run by them and not tackling them and just trying to get deeper into that game and not giving those quick scores. But yeah, that's all I got. The one, <clears throat> the one overriding factor with me is is Baltimore slow on defense because Miami is fast on offense and they couldn't cover Tyreek and they couldn't cover Waddle. So Tyreek they're was up ten yards behind that cornerback. Yeah, and two are under through Tyreek on those two long bombs. Hope he yeah, didn't he, mind. he almost he yeah. Didn't he mind, al- Chad, but he had I, a wait uh, for I, it. I, I, I texted, go. I texted uh, the the Baltimore and the Tennessee Titans your number, man. I mean, you need to get this guy. He's not gonna get beat. Like thirty five was so slow. I felt like getting in shape and getting on the the Titans. The thirty five last night was so slow. And here and here's the other thing you got to remember with Baltimore going in that game. They put a corner on the on the IR, tore ACL. Marlon right. Humphrey did not play. Kendall Fuller hadn't played in a year, and he was coming back. Right. So if Miami did anything on offense, which they did, it was an over game for sure because Baltimore just didn't have anybody in the secondary that could cover Tyreek or Waddle, and it showed. And there was so a any- and he went by the the two shell deep guy. Yeah, and so- Scott. Mitz- you made a great yes. point, Scott. Like he came to a complete stop. He almost caught the ball like a yeah. punt. He was dead stop, right, right, and right. and they still weren't able to yeah, close. You know that. Close. He, yeah, I mean, it, when a ball's underthrown like that, you know, like you're beat by a step or two, man. That underthrown ball—that's the DB's best friend. That gets you back into the play. That allows you to break it up. Right. I mean, and he's so far behind you that he can literally come to a complete stop and catch the ball and. And on he's the playing th- deep. He's behind him. Yeah. He's playing deep. On the three or four yard line and still get in the end zone. I mean, it's just like, come so, on. So here's my first tendency with, with any NFL team. If you look at the schedule and Baltimore's playing any any offensive team that has speed, they're going to have problems. They're going to have problems. And it's going to probably be an over game because right. Lamar's going to have to do a lot. And that other team's offense is probably going to score in the 20s or low 30s. Right. So that's a tendency you can look at as a better right. is any speed on offense against Baltimore is probably going to be successful because Baltimore can't cover it. So that's what I look at. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. This game I got right, except I was wrong. Now this is Jason, man, because I had, you know, so many things going on. I forgot about this. Jason did a great breakdown on this. We got to thank him. It's him tomorrow. 
We were 11 and 5, 68.8% on the totals. But we were 6 and 11 on the side. One side I did get right was the Jets. <laughs> right? Oh. And I'll get the, the soundbite of why I got it right. Because it was on the on a soundbite. And a lot of these coaches talk to each other how to motivate your teams. You were a coach too. You know, motivation is hot, kind of hard. Yep. Um, and uh, he was taking receipts. He said, hey, man, I'm taking receipts. I don't, I don't appreciate being mocked, all right? I don't appreciate being mocked. You know, so he was getting that in their heads, and they can't play. And like I, I was talking to Scott earlier, uh, Flacco. Yep. Flacco only aired it out once, and that was on the 66 yard. That was hilarious. He, he, he aired it out, and he immediately bring the cart and put him underneath the, the chair. <laughs> Think about that. If he's so hurt, he can't play. But he hit one deep shot. It was almost like the Giants, the Titans the week before. Daniel Jones only had that one big play, and they end up winning the game. And then I got to stick to my guns. It's one of the reasons I went to it besides uh, this clip I'll play after we go with Scott and Chad, mm -hmm. uh, was the fact that it's an analytics team. And I have to stick with it. It's a little change. Yeah. Analytic teams – were 33% against the spread last year. So 66%. Uh, the year, two years before that, was 70% betting against analytic teams. And it cashed this week. And I should have really doubled down. The other analytic team was the Panthers. I just couldn't see them lose in that, in that situation. But they figured out a way to lose. They took, what's the old adage we grew up with, Scott? They took Defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> yes, yes. Pat and Chad. Um, I remember saying I couldn't put money on the Jets until they showed me something. Right. It's Cleveland. I'm not sure how much how much I could take out of that game because I just don't believe in Cleveland as an analytics team. Um. It wasn't a bad pick. It was just bad luck. I, you, you never think Joe Flacco's going to do what he did, and he did. I mean, he's at the point in his career now where he's proven everything. He's, you know, he's won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. You know, he he played against them first week and they they got smoked. So I thought going into Cleveland, Cleveland was just going to run the ball down their throat, and they were going to win a, a twenty. Which they did. They did. Which run they the ball did. Down their throat. Yep. And they were going to win a twenty to ten game because I didn't think Flacco could do what he did. He, he surprised me, and that's why the Jets won. Now, the Jets have been bashed all week going into that game. So I think they took it to heart, and they said, people bashing us, let's show them that we can play, and they, and they did. So Flacco just has something in, in spurts. He just yeah. has that magic, that old magic that that will carry a team to a win. And this was yeah. one of those one games. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm still not sold on them. No. I'm still, I still no, will not no. throw my money toward them. No, and no. and that's that's just the bottom yeah. line. I just won't do it. You know, you know, for me here, 
you know, Flacco is a veteran quarterback, right? So he's going to make the right decisions. You know, he's not going to make the big mistake that a younger he's guy might put make. put you in the right play, yeah. To me, Browns minus six, completely bad luck. We got a 14-point lead with three, four minutes left in the game, and we have a busted coverage, and the guy is 40 yards behind the defense, and the safety in the corner are looking at each other like, bro, are you – am I – me? Are you going to yeah. get him? Am I going to get him? Who's going to get him? dumb and dibbly do. What in the actual <laughs> F is going on for the Browns? You coach in the, in, the, in the film room. To let that happen. <laughs> I mean, geez. Geez, it's it's like the Ravens getting some freaking prevent. Like, you're up 14 with three minutes left. What do you think they're going to do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe go deep? Jeez Louise. I mean, golly. So, we let them go deep, get a, a one-play drive. 80-yard bomb touchdown, and then we give up an onside kick, which is a 8% to 10% probability success rate. So, I mean, looking at probability, for them to score in one play and get an onside kick, you're looking at under 2%, you know, 1% probability. So, yeah, I was reading too with Nick Chubb. All he had to do was go out of bounds or slide. Yeah, so, I mean, I, the Browns minus six, the I, I think that that – I'm counting that off as bad luck. I'm not, I don't think yeah. it's a terrible pick. The under yeah, terrible pick here. Under terrible under pick. Terrible pick. Because terrible the Browns pick. went over in week one against the Panthers. I got we, I got that one. I said we got a grudge with Baker Mayfield. Right, right. They're gonna try to run it up and score. The Browns are gonna run the ball. So stylist, do you think that's under? But no, their defense sucks. Okay, they gave up points to the. They gave up more points to the Panthers than the Giants gave them. So the defense is terrible. The Jets were able to score on them. And look, the Jets defense is bad too. Look at the Ravens put up twenty five on them, thirty on them last week. Right. Um, so defensively, these teams are, you know, the Browns had success Horrible. running the ball, like we said. Their defense isn't good, so the Jets were able to, to you know, Flacco was able to get enough to get this game to go over. 40, is, it was too low. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson, a first-round pick for the Jets, he looks legit, man. He's going to get himself, you know, a, a probably, you know, 10 to 12 touchdowns this year. I'm, I, so I'm expecting, you know, that, that, that offense, he's going to win those one-on-ones. Um, you know, so I think the Jets will be, you know, they do got some speed and some athletes. I think they will get those big plays. They will be able to score, you know, here and there, um, especially on bottom half defenses like the Browns defense. So right. um, Browns minus six, bad luck, under 40, bad pick, man. That was an over game all day. The Browns are going to be more of an over team, um, especially when they're getting a number like 40. You know, we're under 42 with them. I mean, that that game, this game was going to go over the whole time, so. Yeah, and I will say I did see a lot of confusion on defense for Cleveland, and I saw a lot of not giving a hundred percent. And that, when, they, when that guy ran past them, I didn't see guys saying, "Oh, damn, I gotta go get him." I yeah, saw a guy saying, "Hey, you're supposed to." Oh, yep, see yeah. you later. Here's your touchdown. Bye. Yeah. No one even chased so, them. <laughs> yeah. So that that portends very poorly to Cleveland having any success this year. And with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, you know, on defense, if if that's – they need to play defense. And if they don't, they're going to have a lot of over games because they're going to give up a lot of points if there's too much confusion. So Okay, so let's go to Coach Slay. Let me see if you guys can hear him. Coach, Coach Slay. That's actually Coach D'Antonio from Michigan State when Michigan called him Little Brother. <laughs> it is always checking me up, dude. They want to mock us all they want to mock us. Tell it's not over. So they can bring all that crap all they want all over their locker. It's not over. It'll never be over. 
play the mobster, it's never gonna be over. <laughs> that's the Antonio. That's where the Roberts play kind of stole from. He's like, oh, let me look at the book of uh, how do I motivate my team. <laughs> the way D'Antonio motivated Michigan State. Quote number one twenty one. Make right. Tony. Exactly. I'm keeping receipts. Yep. They can mock us all they want. <laughs> yep. It's not over. <laughs> no. All right. So, the Lions. Thank you again, Adrian Rob, man. We're all over the Lions. We never like at least break even with the Lions. We have it on the money line. Again, I was wrong. Even though we did good with the totals, I was wrong. We could have gotten even better on the totals by executing. I was wrong. This game was over any way you cut that game. That game was going over the Lions and the Commanders, right? The Lions both have bad defenses. Yep. Both have offenses that get embarrassed and then start doing good after a while. What do you guys think? It's just a it's just a thing. Detroit's got so many weapons on offense, they're they're gonna score in the twenties, thirties almost every game. Scott Brunel so, did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So Washington was down 22 to nothing in that game. I knew that game was going over because I knew Washington was going to open up their offense yeah. and I knew Detroit was going to score. And I'll tell you something. Amon Rossi Brown is the real deal for Detroit. He is a number one stud that's right. going to be there week in and week out for them. They get, they were an over team. They're almost all year. They're going to be an over team. So, yeah, they're not running the ball like like we thought. Yeah, I mean, right now you look at Washington and you look at Detroit; they're two and zero to the over. Um, you know, they're they're both both over teams who've gotten those wrong both weeks. We gotta adjust on those teams for sure. Um, Detroit playing at home in that controlled environment, um, in, indoor dome, indoor stadium. You got they're yeah, they're they're an over team all day. Um, Detroit money line, great pick, but yeah, that that's a bad pick here. Um, both defenses are you know, mediocre defenses and points we're going to be scoring. And I mean, yeah, Detroit is explosive, man. They are throwing the ball around the field. They have, they have kind of in these first two weeks that they have a different identity than what we saw last year. They're not pounding the rock. Um, You know, they have, you know, they have weapons out there. Um, You know, Hawkinson and uh, St. St. Brown are are awesome. You know, Reynolds caught himself a touchdown. He's looking good. Um, You know, Goff seems like he's playing with confidence. First time, the first time Detroit's been, you know, at 500 in a long time, man. Uh, this is this is going to, you know, they have this is going to be the best season they've had in a long time. So I think that, you know, just the energy in Detroit um, in those home games is, uh, you know, is, is I think Detroit's a team that you got to look, look look at here. Um, and uh, yeah, they're in a weak they, they, division, really. They're in a weak division. I mean, it's kind of a theme. A theme this year is we're, we're living in the past and we're dying in the past with a lot of exactly. teams that were under team last year. Um, Browns. You know the Lions, the Commanders. You know they, these are these were under teams, and and their styles are are slightly changing. Um, you know they've adapted and they've they've uh, evolved since last year. So you know making those adjustments and seeing that and, and not living in the past with with our picks. Yeah. Now on this pick, I next pick I needed to listen to my own advice. Uh, Florida game early in the season. Tampa Bay. They have to play on the road the first two games because they have like an 80% winning percentage at home in September. The Colts have been like 0-6 going into Jacksonville. They lost again, and they need to do more research. For sure, the three best players were not playing in that game. Jacksonville want to fill themselves with false hope early in the season. 
a big game for them at home because they have to sell tickets. I know that. I know all of that, and I did not listen to myself. Am I depressed being self-destructive? I got to analyze my brain, make sure I don't make that mistake again. Drink more water, right? So I'm not, that's why I'm hydrated. Do not make a mistake because I know better. To know and not to do is not to know. So I really need to internalize and know this. Florida games in September, you got to look hard at the home team, especially when the road team is bringing their best players to the game and their quarterbacks over 40 years old. So that was a bad pick on my part. The under was going to be the under all the way because Frank Wright, uh, salesman think short-term, businessman and women think long-term. He's a long-term thinker. So he didn't, even, he didn't care about this game. He's not worried about Jacksonville later on in the season. He thinks it's a bad team that he doesn't have to worry about, regardless of the factor in their division. They weren't worried about next week's game. What do you think we go with Chad and Scott? Yeah, man. The Colts look god-awful. Matt Ryan looked terrible. Um, they got the Chiefs at home, I believe, this this next game. Yep. Frank Wright's um, mentor. His, um, not only his mentor in football, his mentor in the mission at the Mormon church they go to. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, this is a team ride with a chief owner that doesn't pay for backups. Right. I think that they could really, really struggle this year, honestly. Um, you know, I think the Titans could be – I mean, I, I, I'm kind of high on the Texans right now, too. I think Lovey Smith has that defense playing lights out. I think Davis Mills can can – He's he's got a good throwing get him into motion. The right play. That's what that stands yeah. for. Indications for to get people. He, to, yeah, he can get him in the right play, play, and he's got a consistent good throwing motion. I like he's accurate, man. He's a pat. He's a he's a passer, not a thrower. Um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm really worried about Indy this year, man. I think they could really really slide, even with losing that to Jacksonville. I mean, they, I, this team right now, if I'm looking at this division, I, I have the Colts finishing dead last. Um, I, I I'm 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 really 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 concerned with them right now from what I saw. I know they had players out, but I'm sorry, man. With marginal utility, I just don't think that, you know, having your best linebacker and best receiver out that it's that it's a 24, it's that big of a difference. I don't think it should, it shouldn't impact you that much. So I know those guys are out. They're going to have some guys back. You see how that affects them. But I, I just marginal utility in the NFL from player to player is not 24 to zero. It's not that much. So I'm, I'm very concerned with them moving forward. I am not big on the Colts. I, uh, I'm pretty much going to lock in the Chiefs minus six and a half this next week. Uh, you know, the Colts could come back and, um, and prove me wrong, but uh, I'm going to wait to see it. Back before door I cover. You know, yeah. Matty Ice. Matty Ice is the king of insignificant touchdowns with one second left to cover the yeah. spread and, and lose a, a game that have been blown out all game. Oh, oh yeah. 24 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And here comes Matty Ice. Well, he's hot. Yeah, that's all I got. Though. 24, like, go, you can go ahead, Scott. I think the Colts would rather have Carson Wentz quarterback than Matt Ryan right, right. now. Um, Indy's never never wins in Jacksonville. That's number one. They haven't won there since 2014. Number two, I agree with Chad. Just because you had your starting line, one of your starting linebackers and your best receiver out, that doesn't mean that they, you should be shut out by Jacksonville. Not even close. Right, right. And the Colts are all one and one. Jacksonville's in first place in that division. And Rightfully so. They played two really good games. But but it took the Colts a furious fourth quarter rally against Houston to beat to start 0-1-1 and, and not 0-2. So that, that, tells, that tells me, and they had everybody on board, so that tells me 
that the Colts are not as good as as we thought they were when we did the AFC yeah. preview. And, and and I think they're going to struggle to to win seven games. I think they really are. I, I think their schedule is is tough. Kansas City may win by two touchdowns this week. I don't like saying that, but they they may very well win by two touchdowns. Indy needs to show me something. I mean, they need they need to run Jonathan Taylor twenty five times a game. That's that's my my thing with them. But Jacksonville's yeah, yeah. gonna be Jacksonville at home is gonna be a tough team to beat. Yep. So. And I think I think at that Colts Chiefs game, you gotta look hard at the under there with uh, yep. like Scott just said. You know, if they're gonna run Jonathan Taylor twenty five times, yep. And uh, you know, Spagnuolo is gonna get that Chiefs defense, you know, rocking and rolling. Um, exactly. It's, it could be, you know, they, the Colts are, are, are going to be a very good under team until uh, we see something else out of, out of, out of that offense. Cause I think they could be getting stinkered here a couple more times this year. I, I will tell you the Colts are probably going to game plan like they did last year where they didn't trust Wentz at all. I don't, they don't trust oh, yeah. Matt Ryan. I don't think no. so. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to run the ball a lot, especially against Kansas city and keep Mahomes off the field. So. Right. And those people putting on uh, Podbean, let me know if you have any questions. We're happy to answer them. Uh, I got the side right. Got it right. Tampa Bay. I should have. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn whether it was a bad luck or bad pick on the over because the game kind of played out the way I thought. I thought it was going to be tight in the first half, tight in the beginning of the third quarter, and then all help was going to break loose in the second half of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. And what happened was it did happen that way. Then Brady started going off on the refs. And then Marshall Lattimore said that Giselle was waiting for him at his house. <laughs> you know, she looked like a giraffe, so whatever. And that started fights. And then uh, Tampa Bay got on him. And then Jameis Winston, 95% of people cannot change. And I knew Jameis Winston was going to throw a pick six and that Tampa Bay was going to score. But he had nothing left after that. He just kept throwing interceptions. He was uh, frazzled. But now we know that he has five bones broken in his back. Mm -hmm. So really, at the end of the game, he was throwing interceptions, looking flustered because his meds ran out, and he's coming back from a major injury. So I'm kind of torn whether it was bad luck or bad. I think it was bad luck. That game would have gone over, and again, we didn't have all the inflammation, but we learned from our mistakes. So we'll go to Scott and chat on this. Until Brady gets an offensive line that's going to protect him. And until Brady gets his full complement of weapons back, he's going to look like a 45-year-old quarterback. It's it's just that simple. Mike Evans got suspended a game. I don't know if he's playing. He's appealing. I don't know if he's playing. Godwin's out. Julio is injured again for the hundredth time in his career. So basically, it's Russell Gage and half of Mike Evans. Or I got Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. How the rest are going to play the game? Because when they talk. Yes. Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller was body slammed on the sidelines. So ripped up. He was beat up, and the rest didn't call him. So my refs that are gonna call that, then Scotty Miller becomes a factor. I don't know how you guys feel, but my philosophy with the Buccaneers is gonna be they're gonna be an under team because they're not as explosive on offense as they have been in the past. And their defense lights out. Yeah, and their defense is totally lights out right now. 
And no, Brady, he, I think Tampa Bay has has kicked more field goals in the first two games than I think in any time in Brady's career of any team. And that's what they, yeah, and that's and that's what they're settling on. I mean, look at look at the the New Orleans game, three three at halftime. You know, Dallas game, same thing, very low scoring because they're kicking field goals instead of touchdowns. So to me. Brady's teams are going to play unders, a lot of unders this year. And that defense is for real. And Green Bay is going in there this week. They're going to have a tough time with that defense. First home game, uh, man, Brady yeah. against Rodgers for probably the last time in their careers unless they meet right. in the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be – I think they're going to play low-scoring games for most of the year. Right. And, that, and that's my take on Tampa Bay and New Orleans. New Orleans is, is just – till Winston gets healthy, they're, they're, they're an under team as well. So, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, yeah, both defenses, uh, you know, the Saints and Buccaneers, both defenses look stout, man. They look really good. Um, I, I, I agree with Scott. I, I do think, you know, Tampa Bay is, is looking like an under team um, with that defense. And, you know, they're just, they're not converting those red zone uh, drives into touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, this is a division game, tough division game, you know, like Scott was saying, you know, on, on the, on the show that, uh, you know, the, the Brady, you know, they haven't had good success there in New Orleans offensively. Um, you know, I, I do think the Buccaneers at home, they tend to score more points at home. They tend to kind of throw it around and light it up more. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of weapons out. I, I'm just kind of looking forward with the Packers game. I, I do think this game might might get over, um, depending on that number. I think if it's if it's south of 45, I'd probably lean over. Um just because of the marketing value here with these two quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I think it, it sells better to have this game, you know, 28 to 21 versus, you know, 17 to 14. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll get to that, that tomorrow. But I kind of – I think the floor, too, is going to kind of be like um, Frank Wright. He's like, I don't want to get my game, my guys beat up and tired in that ridiculous heat in Florida. <laughs> Let's just – Keep our guys healthy and get back home for that second. Yeah, I, mean, I can see that. Yeah, no, but yeah, I, I think the uh, the over in this game, I I do think was a bad pick. I just think the way it was it was drawn up with these with these two defenses and just I mean the way that you know the Buccaneers' offense has looked. Um, you know Brady's been getting getting pressure back there and Jameis with his injury. Um, yeah, I mean I, this one was going under all the way. It did it did get a little crazy there at the end, but. It was just so low scoring in that first half. There's just no right. way this game was going to get over. Yeah. Uh, Panthers have made a bad pick. Uh, analytics teams, they had the game won, and then they started running some analytic plays. And then uh, Cubans have a saying, if you don't listen, if you don't listen to smart people, you are not grow. And several times – got drilled into my head that the offensive coordinator for the Panthers was Ben McAdoo. <laughs> he drilled it into my head. And what did I do? I didn't listen. I picked the Panthers and what? I lost money. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, everybody. I need to listen. Listen to what Scott said. Ben McAdoo is the offensive coordinator for your Panthers. He was the worst head coach in history this side of Matt Patricia and Freddie Kitchen. Sad to see him leave the Giants. Now he's the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. 
nothing says under. We got the under. We're all over that. Nothing says under than Ben McAdoo is your offensive coordinator. The fact that I thought they were going to beat the Giants, I, you know, I think they were getting points. And I was like, nah, I'll, I'll do the money line. Nah. I'm, from now on, I'm betting against all analytic teams until further notice. Until I start losing and then I'll uh, reevaluate. Everything's situational, right? I'll look at it, never bet blindly. But I'll start with that, the fact that the analytics teams are going to lose. So that was a bad pick on my part. I'm not listening. I need to listen. It was the Giants' biggest market in the world. You're going to get the calls at home, close game. Giants is what I should have said. And I didn't. So that's on me. I have to feel the pain so I don't make that kind of mistake again. We'll go Chad then, then Scott. Yeah, I don't have much here, man. I, I don't know, like, how you pick the Giants in that spot. <laughs> you know, they it, it, this game was a coin flip at the end. I mean, it, it, like, everybody – it was like whoever finished with the ball last was going to have a field goal opportunity to win this game. It was a coin flip type game. Um, but it wasn't that the Giants won. It was that the Panthers lost. Yeah. No, I mean – It was the, one of those things where Ben McAdoo, whatever he is, he must be the greatest interview ever. Like these guys are a great practice. Like you interview, it's like, oh, how can I not hire this guy? But in practice, he fails forward every single time. Good for him, you know. He's resilient, like Carl Durrell in Colorado, who gets yeah, I mean, defeated, and, I, and every time he gets a job, you can't, you can't. It's Ben McAdoo, you know. Analytics. Yeah, I think though, yeah, we got to look like what Josh is saying about the analytics teams, man. The Browns and the Panthers, we, we gotta gotta look. You know, take that into consideration here. Um, you know, they're on the road in New York, huge market. Um, you know, the Giants first time started two and zero, and God knows how long. And don't um, upthink yourself, okay? McCaffrey's wide open; nobody can guard him. Two minutes into the end of the game, throw the play sheet out, set up a pick play for him, a natural pick play, and give the man the ball. He's been he's been getting you yards the whole game. Why are you not going to go to McCaffrey? Inside the twenty, can you guys explain me that? Analytics, analytics, analytics. An- the the computer <laughs> told them not to. <laughs> like, oh boy, Steelers. We'll go, Scott. Scott's all over the Steelers pick. The Wiggly. What do you think? Was it bad pick or bad luck? <laughs> I think bad it's pick. bad luck. That guy. In my, my in my mind, looking at the game, bad pick. It's just a bad pick. The Steelers' yeah. offense won the bottom five in the NFL right now. Yeah. I think they just Najee's not running the ball with with any force or or urgency. Maybe right. Trubisky Trubisky's not a great. It's not even a good quarterback. I mean, I would not be surprised if Pickett's in after this game after Week Three. Anybody? Just, okay, anybody. Mike Tomlin says he's not. There. Mike Tomlin says he's not, but if they lose to the Browns this week and go one and two, yeah. I have a feeling the Pickett's going to really get ramped up in practice and, and try to get him in week four. Um, I just think, you know, you can't make a uh, mistake on special teams, and they did, and the Patriots made a pay for it. So, um, you know, Steelers at home, getting points, could go to 2-0 and all after beating Cincinnati was a great position for Pittsburgh to be in and they just they just made too many mistakes and their offense just is not is not good right now. Their offensive line is is you know Swiss cheese. 
Najee's not a good running back right now. Trubisky's not a good quarterback right now. It shows he hasn't started a year and plus because he hasn't. Um, you know, I just I, – I don't know what you can do with Pittsburgh. I really don't. I, I have to really, really take a look at them and see what they're doing on offense before I – before tomorrow night's podcast to see what what my my decision is with them. But and they they're just not a good team. Right? Defensively, game. defensively, they're great. They're really good. They were missing T.J. Watt this week, and they held the Patriots to 17 points. Really, really good. That gives any team a chance to win. Offensively, gives doesn't give any team a chance to win. So that's just that's my thing on them. And the drop punt, they drop, they catch the yeah, punt. That's they, that's they win the, the thing. game. You, you, you cannot know, you cannot think, make special teams mistakes in the NFL and think you're going to win games, especially playing that style. Yeah, yes. this this is a terrible pick. Terrible pick. Worst yep. pick probably of the whole week. Yeah. Um. I saw some right. stat that no, Belichick won seven Super Bowls, you know. So he's... yeah, exactly, and and also too, I saw the stat that Belichick hasn't started worse than one and one his whole career. He's never been on two. Right. He's always been one and one. He's never been on two. So it's like, golly, that. I mean, we should have considered that recency right. bias. Recency bias. Overvaluing Pittsburgh's win at Cincinnati last week. Cincinnati lost. You know, Cincinnati lost to Dallas. How good of a win is that? They didn't really even beat Cincinnati. They just Cincinnati couldn't win it. Right. Uh, they both look terrible. So yeah, o- overvaluing that win, and then, um, you know, just just you know, it it was recency bias. We re- we we were biased against Pittsburgh winning, beating the Bengals, and we were recency biased against how bad the Patriots looked against Miami. But that's Bill Belichick. He's never start you know never started zero two. So um, yeah, I mean it's a terrible pick. Pittsburgh was, is not offensively terrible. We overvalue them and. We, we, you know, we had too much recency bias with each team here, which led us to Pittsburgh. So we got to, uh, got to clean up that recency bias and, and look at these games and look at stuff recency for what it is. Bias. That's in very the moment. good. Very good. That'll be our next, next week. Our unconscious and conscious biases that we have that affect our, th- our thinking. And we cannot let it lose, lose money when it comes to sports betting. Now, this was a great pick, but again, then I kicked myself looking at it. That was a horrible pick I made. Horrible. I know better. I was like, did I really do this? I had to listen to the podcast again. Did I really say this? And I did. I was wrong, man. I had I got focused. That Rams-Falcons game was going over no matter what. Both defenses suck. And um, you double Cal Pitts. London Drake is open. The other dude, I forgot Gage or whatever, he's open too for Atlanta. Mariota is plus one all day. They're they're literally using the first half to wear out your defensive linemen. Falcons are going to score points, and I knew they were going to score points, and we knew they were going to cover, but that means it's going over. So I have to introduce this to the offense. We didn't do it to midseason last year. We're going to have to do it early. Correlation. If the team's going to score points, then this is what's going to happen with the total. Literally, we've got almost gotten 100% with the totals by executing. Uh, this game was going over all the way. I com- completely screwed that up. But it was good with the balloon because this line ballooned out of control. This started, the original line, I believe, was 9.5. By kickoff, it was plus 15. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was easy. But this was going over. 
The Rams do not have any depth on defense. You know, Wagner's old. Uh, other than Ramsey, none of the other corner, uh, uh, secondary can cover anybody. What do you think? We both Chad and Scott. Yeah, man, I apologize to everyone on the podcast. I actually, I know I picked the under, but after I watched the, the 10 a.m. games, the first window of games, and I saw the Browns game go over um, and, and a couple other a couple other stuff, and I was just looking at this game, indoor environment, and I started thinking about, man, if Atlanta covers this, this spread, the correlation, it's going over. I switched to the over um, right before kickoff. I realize and, you got to tweet it out next time. Next time, yeah. tweet it out. Yeah, so, I'll, yeah, I got to let you. Your brothers know. I got I to let you guys know, but yeah, that that so I I ended, I ended up getting them both right on this game. Uh, but yeah, I, I was able to uh, reevaluate my thinking right before I uh, I placed these bets. Um, you know, luckily too is kind of how my bankroll works. Is I I'm waiting for those games to clear so I can bet the second games. Um, so luckily, don't I advise that. That, that's so, not that, that we advise here. We advise a little bit at a time. But yeah. Sorry. So I, I uh, you know, luckily I was able to reevaluate before I put those bets in and just looking at them all. I was looking at the I've one o'clock. There, I've been there though, man. Yeah, I, I was looking at just the whole, ago. the whole slate of yeah. College paid for pro first half of pro paid for <laughs> paid for the four o'clock games. But that's all I got. Go ahead, Scott. So, I think here's here's what I think. When you double Kyle Pitts you're going to leave guys open all over the field and NFL teams are going to score based off of that. Right. So every defense is going to do the same thing. We're going to double Kyle Pitts. He ain't beating us. Drake London, the rookie can beat us. Corderell Patterson can beat us. Zacchaeus, the other wide receiver can beat us. And that's going to lead to Arthur Smith is a very smart offensive coach. He's going to put his players in the right position. He doesn't care about Kyle Pitts. Okay, Kyle Pitts gets doubled. We're not throwing to him. We're going to Drake London. We're going to Patterson. We're going to run the ball. We're going to, we're going to do this. They're going to score in the 20s every game this year because of that. They're another team like Detroit that's going to score. Their weapons aren't as good as Detroit's. They're, they're really good enough to get them in the 20s. If that's the case, they're going to cover in a lot of games, and they're going to go over in a lot of games. So this is not a fluke. The Rams are not the Rams from last year. Vaughn Miller's not there anymore. Stafford's dealing with an arm injury, supposedly. I don't know how much of that's true, but he's dealing with a little arm injury. They won the Super Bowl last year. Their their lack of depth is very concerning to me. They don't have the same team they had last year. They put everything into last year to win the Super Bowl. They won it. So now all of a sudden, they're all happy and high, and the owner, Kroenke's high, you know, happy, you know, stuff like that. So they're going to play high-scoring games because their defense isn't as good and their offense is going to have to throw the ball. So to me, these are two teams that you can look at the point over-unders and then you go to the to the sides. And, that, and that's what I'm going to start doing with the Rams and the Falcons. I'm going to look at the over-under and then I'm going to go to the side with them. So Yeah, no, and then the second half, the Rams have a big lead in the first half, bet against them in the second half. So I was looking at Darnold. Darnold had too many. I'm going to – before um, the podcast tomorrow, I'm going to look at the participation chart yeah. for the Rams defense because I saw Darnold at the end of the game. He had his hands with the other defensive linemen, and they were looking, out, okay, how do we stop Mariota? And they were tired. They were delirious tired. The, the Rams right now seem to me that they make the key play 
in the tough spot that allows them to win the game. They're not going to win by 10, 14 points every game. Yeah. They're going to win close games because they make that one defensive play that seals the victory for them. Right, and that's right. the, the way I look at them. They're one play away either way from winning and losing. So. Uh, I'm not, I don't really feel bad about this pick and thanks Chad, Chad, uh, texted me. He was like, uh, should we go Seahawks second half line? I'm like, yeah. If I would have known Garoppolo was going to start for the 49ers, then I would have picked the 49ers to cover, but it didn't, you know, Trey Lance was supposed to start and Trey Lance gets hurt. <clears throat> then I, <laughs> the good quarterback was coming in, <laughs> you know, so uh, Pete Carroll was a division game. Uh, I think they're going to struggle on the road against good teams. The only chance they have is home games, like the home games they have, the teams that come outside of the division. Even the division teams will be good. He's in a rebuilding year. Even though he doesn't want to say it, he's in a rebuilding year. They lose Jamal Adams, right? They're key defensive guys, so he has to figure things out. Against good quarterbacks, he is going to get beat in this rebuilding year. The only chance he has are the Trey Lances of the world. Yeah. Or Russell Wilson, where she's seen in practice for the last 10 years. He knew what he was going to do. But second half, you knew the 49ers were going to pack them up, pack them in. They're thinking long-term. Salesmen think short-term. Businessman Shanahan, his daddy won a couple of Super Bowls. He's been in a Super Bowl. He's been in the championship game. They want to win the last six games of the season. That's when they're going to be lights out. This time he took a vacation in the second half, which allowed Chad and I to cover the second half line. What do you think? What goes Chad and Scott? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of bad luck, man. Um, the minute Trey Lance got hurt, I was like, damn it. Here comes <laughs> first drive. Here comes Garoppolo. Throws right. his first ball. Beautiful out route completion, 13 yards. I said, damn it. Here we go. So – um, you know, luckily we were able to get that second half line. You know, they were down 20 to zero at halftime. And I called Josh. I said, man, it's plus two, plus two. We're getting, you know, the Seahawks plus 22 here for the game. Um, and it was funny because we, we talked and, you know, Josh is like, yeah, 27 to 10, you know, final, they, they, they cover that. And then I'm like, shit, even 27 to seven covers it. Right. That was the, yep. that was the final score. So, um, you know, we, we actually picked that score to the T <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're See, that's, a, that's a benefit, the value of excessive football watching. Uh, <laughs> we're able to get that one. So, yeah, I mean, it's bad, it's tough, tough luck here. Um, you know, the Seahawks offense, they, their one touchdown, too, was a blocked field goal right. for a touchdown. So, I mean, their yeah. offense got stinkered here. That's um, a 10 point swing right there. So, I mean, San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco defense looks, San Francisco defense, man, you know, they, you know, Fred Warner, man, Mission Hills High School. Um, they they look good out there, man. They they they're you they're went, man. That's your school. Did yeah, you they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a year ahead of him. Yeah, Fred was a junior on on, a, on my senior year team. But uh, yeah, man, they that defense looks good. Um, under great pick, and then um, yeah, man, that's just tough, oh, man. We, I think if uh, all the way, man. If Trey Lance plays that whole game, I think it's going to be a lot closer uh, to Seahawks covering ten points. So, yeah, that's all I got. I I don't know how I don't know how much of a hot take this is going to be. But I think Kyle Shanahan wants Garoppolo as his quarterback. Of course. I think he does. And I, now I think his offense is going to take off because now Debo can go in the backfield. Debo can split out. 
Ayuk is going to be the Ayuk that everybody's saying he's going to be, which is he's going to he's going to come along really nicely. I just think that Kyle Shanahan wanted this all the time. That's why they yeah. kept Garoppolo. Or, or, or Lance was the fake starter because they don't feel Garoppolo can last the whole season. Yep. Yeah. Now Garoppolo's not yeah. looking over yeah. his shoulder. Now they're gonna they're gonna they may win that division. It wouldn't shock me. Now they win that division. Right. And and be a, like a two or three seed. And again, when Shanahan gets in the playoffs, he's like gold. He's he's like a gold coach. He knows his what dad, to do. His dad's involved in too. His dad's one yep. of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. No, Scott. Scott's totally right. They they wanted Garoppolo, um, but I don't believe that their plan wasn't to get. They, they were going to play the first eight to nine games with with Lance. Right. They yep. were running him a lot. They were running Trey Lance a lot. He broke his ankle on a running play. Zone Ridgeway pulled it. Can't run a quarterback that much in the NFL and think that he's going to be able to last a whole year. They knew Lance wasn't going to make it the whole year, how much they were running him. They wanted to run him. That was their style. They were going for with him, getting some quarterback runs, um, you know, getting that plus one with him um, to get them, you know, at a, you know, four and four, five and four record there. And then Garoppolo was going to come in and finish this year. I don't care how. How yeah, you drew? I don't care how you drew this up. The last six to eight games was going to be Garoppolo with a healthy or injured Trey Lance. Um, that was the plan all along. They were trying to could kind of you know just carry let Trey Lance get a little bit of experience, carry the load. Um, right. You know, also too, you know, if Trey Lance goes six and three, five and four, and they pull him out and put Garoppolo, and now they got some trade value there because hey, he got nine starts. He, he was five and four. He won some games. Get right. a little value there in the, in the business aspect of this football right, world. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that, this was the was the plan all along, but he's out there way earlier than anticipated. Now Garoppolo's got to make it to the whole year. And my last two points on this game is number one: Seattle is going to definitely be eighty percent to the under all year long. Oh, they, yeah. they have no offense; they can't they can't do anything on offense. Number two: if Jimmy Garoppolo leads them to the NFC Championship game, Trey Lance could get traded in the offseason right. because Shanahan will say, "Look." Garoppolo came off the bench, led us to two straight NFC championship games. We need to keep him. And Trey Lance may be the, the odd man out. So keep keep those in mind, everybody. They're gonna be they're gonna be close to the to the over almost in a lot of these games, I think. Because Garoppolo gives them the quarterback that Shanahan wants that now he can open up his playbook and throw the ball all over the field and run it too. So yeah. those those points to me uh, will stand. Lynch is a defensive first guy. He'll mm-hmm. give himself two two defensive presents for yep. one trade Lance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and Atlanta could get a win this week. They're at Seattle and they're two point underdogs right now. But we'll, I mean, we'll get into that tomorrow night. But yeah, that's an that. interesting game tomorrow, uh, next week. Another game that I needed to think through more. So this is like at least four or five that I needed to do more research. That I got wrong, that I should have gotten right, is that and I've been thinking this the whole. See what you guys think. I think I told Chad. I've been thinking about this for a while from the get go. The Bengals had the last place schedule. They barely got through a lot of games. They get into the playoffs and they play against Rich Basaccia, who's a special teams coordinator for Green Bay. Never been a head coach, right? They barely get through that game. They go to the Titans. The Titans playing the worst division of football. That's why they got to the playoffs. Tannehill was Tannehill. He did the same thing he did last night, same thing he did in the playoff game. Three picks, 
two pick sixes. And then they go to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid gives them the game, right? The, he, they were going out in the first half, and Andy Reid should have kicked the field goal, but he tries to go for the touchdown. It was weird. Still, they lost that game. So they go into the Super Bowl, they lose, they barely lose. So seven points at Dallas, and Chan and I both feel that Cooper Rush is better for Dallas than Dak is because Cooper Rush – Gets him in the right play. He's mind-melting with the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, right? He knows how to run that offense, that Boise State offense. Gets him in the right play. I should have gone with Dallas in this. I'm getting seven points plus a touchdown. Let me buy the point. And then we go Dallas plus eight, yeah. right? And we got... Of course, we got the under that was going under all the way, and that that line ballooned to seven and a half too. You could you could have right. got only had to buy a half point to get eight. Right, exactly, exactly. We'll go Scott and Chad on this. So, first of all, Super Bowl losers have this so-called hangover. Right. I don't I don't believe in that. I've never have. There was a lot of stuff going on with Cincinnati this off. Burrow had an appendectomy. He missed almost the whole preseason. Came back late. Their offensive line, which was supposed to be much improved, is not as improved as people think. No. Uh, and I'm on board with the They were horrible. He was handing the ball off. Yeah. They were hitting both the quarterback and the running back. Then when he went yeah. back to the throw, he just started running for his life. Horrible. And, and I'm with you guys on the Cooper Rush thing. I think Cooper Rush is, a, is much better suited for their offense than, than Dak Prescott is. Right. So everybody underestimated Dallas all week said Cincinnati was going to go in and route them. When that happens, I usually go the other way. And for some reason, I didn't this week because I thought that Cincinnati would come in, offensively explode against that Dallas defense, and I thought they would put a 30 30 spot up against them. And they didn't. And there's a lot of problems in Cincinnati right now. I don't buy Zach Taylor as a head coach. I think Zach Taylor got lucky last year because Joe Burrow was on the – and Jamar Chase were on the rolls of their lives. Their, their professional lives. And that carried them all the way to the Super Bowl. And now I, I think that teams are not underestimating the Cincinnati Bengals. And I agree with you, Josh. They go from a last-place schedule to a first-place schedule. And that's a problem for them right now. They're not cohesive as a unit. Mixon's not running the ball well. Um, Burrow is holding the ball too long. He's getting sacked. He, he's got these jittery feet in the pocket because he knows the pass rush is coming. He's paranoid. And he's paranoid. And I think that's a problem. They play the Jets this week, who came off a big win against Cleveland. I the Jets don't know who I'm taking as of right now because, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a little gun-shy on Cincinnati right now. I, yeah. I don't know what is going on with them. But I, I think they're not cohesive as a team right now, and I think their coach is not doing them any favors. Well, so, the problem is that their coach is also the executive vice president. And the head of scouting. Like and, yeah. situation where he's old. He's yeah. a very young guy. And what he's yep. doing is, he's like, you know, that kid you see who's mimicking his dad. He's making mimicking John Gruden and, and Sean McVay, yep. and other people, and O'Connell. Do they come up from the same system? They all act like baby Gruden's, baby Andy Reid's. And it's one thing to be Andy Reid, one thing to be the uh, floor. I think he's he's evolving into his own guy, sort of. The one before Chad goes, before Chad goes, the one thing I could say about them 
And it's the worst thing you could say. They're living off last year's success right now. Right. They're living off last year's success and it's burning them right now. They're 0-2 right now. If they go to 0-3 or 1-4 or whatever, they're going to be in deep, deep trouble in the AFC right. because there's too many good AFC teams for them to get in the playoffs after 1-4 and four start. So that's, yeah, that's and the Ravens team. are going to be at least 10-7. and seven. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean – the Dallas defense, man, they did week one. They freaking were were really stiff with Tom Brady, and I mean, they looked they looked really good again, man. Um, that Dallas defense is for real. Yeah. And yeah, man, the Bengals got some stuff to figure out. You know, I do like Joe Burrow a lot, man, as a quarterback. And I, I mean, I, that's my biggest thing. I mean, I, I especially in college, man, when I'm betting games, like I really like quarterback. You worked out with him too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I've caught caught some caught some uh, some balls from Joe. Yeah, definitely. So. Accurate passer, throws a really awesome catchable ball. Mm-hmm. I, he's a competitor, man. Um, you know, he's coming to work and, and going to try to get this, do everything he can to get this right. Well, he's, so, he's the co-offensive coordinator, too. You're yeah, so, I can see, you know, he's going back to throw. He is also the co-offensive coordinator. Yeah, so he's I – He's doesn't pay for coaching. And scouting. Remember, Joe Borer does scouting. One thing for Tom Brady to do scouting since he's been in the league 25 years, but Joe Burrow, the second year, that's a lot of pressure to put on the guy. To be out there scouting and drafting guys, and then coaching them up, and having uh, an operation to it at the same time—a lot yeah. of pressure putting on this guy. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I'm not. I'm not. Compl- I think Bengals got some stuff to figure out. I'm not ready to write the ship on him yet. I think Joe will. I think they'll come back. I think they'll bounce back this week. I expect Joe to have a big, big week, big game. But yeah, man, that's too many points. Plus, you know, getting Dallas plus seven and a half, plus eight at right. home, and a, and a total that's only forty-one and a half. It's going to be a lower-scoring game. Yeah, you got to go with the home dog in this situation. So yeah, that's a bad pick. Bad pick was horrible. Another pick. This wasn't a bad pick, but this one I look at as observational, right? And I think Scott and I talked about this. And Raider fans were afraid of this. And many Raider fans were were, were talking, and he was even asked by the media, "Are you going to be different than Bill Belichick? Are you going to be your own man?" Because if you try to be Bill Belichick, you're not Bill Belichick. You got to be yourself. Your dad was a coach. Big lead at halftime for the Raiders. And he tried to be Bill Belichick. He tried to be Harbaugh and played not to lose prevent. The prevent only prevents you from winning. And in this case, they played Zoff's zone, right? And what it did was give Kyler Murray, who I call high school quarterback, 5'7", but he did win a Heisman Trophy, confident. He started getting him confident. He starts going down the field. He starts running. He can't run all season. But in this situation, they came back. Also, I have to listen to myself, right? The Super Bowl is in Arizona, so the refs are going to give Arizona the call all year. You know, we might not think they'll make it to the Super Bowl. Like the last two Super Bowl winners that won the Super Bowl on their home fields. But the rest are going to do their best to get them there. Uh, the Raiders won the game, right? Or, yeah, they won the game when, I guess it was a pick six or whatever. They were running back at the end, and the guy throws the ball before he hits it. Got to the goal line. He throws it. It was clear day. And the referees reviewed it, but New York's going to give them – they're going to give the team they want playing in the Super Bowl the call. And now it's 100% McDaniels. Overthinking it and not finishing the game, not finishing 
a game they had won 100%. Arizona's missing a lot of defensive players. And they gave him, they, they let them off the hook. We have that in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Dennis Green, I'll play it after you guys. We had him beat, and we got left him off the hook, Dennis Green. We'll go uh, Scott and Shannon now. I don't care who comes out of the Belichick tree of assistant coaching. Right. They never succeed. No. Here's another one. <laughs> Devontae Adams, you're paying all this money to Two, ca- two catches, 12 yards, one touchdown. Arizona, the week before, plays against Kansas City. Mahomes and those weapons light him up. Derek Carr's not in Mahomes' category. I'm not saying he is. No. But those weapons are, are a little bit better than Kansas City's, except at the tight end position. Right. And you're up. You're shutting Arizona out in the third quarter, and you let him off the hook. Right. You just let him off the hook. Arizona's defense is not good. I don't know what McDaniels is thinking. He tried to run know. it. He tried to run the clock out. The yep. whole second half. He became unaggressive play calling. And to me, you cannot in the NFL become non-aggressive. You have to stay aggressive from the opening kickoff to the final gun. And right. Josh McDaniels did not do that. And it's going to come back to burn them, I think. It's really going to come back to burn him because when he gets in that situation again, he's going to revert back to the same thing. Well, that's all he knows. Was that's right. You cannot, you cannot lose to Arizona on the last plays of the game. You cannot let him tie it up. And then they fumble the ball and Arizona runs it back for a touchdown. Right. Very, very you confident. You can't get a team to have him down. Yeah. You cannot give him confidence. Devontae Adams should have got targeted as much as he got targeted in an opening game, and he should have had a much, much bigger game. And for whatever reason, Josh McDaniel said, nope, we're not doing that this week. We're going to be, we're going to get up, and then we're just going to try to sit on the clock. And right. it never works in the NFL. Never. And that, never. that's my opinion. That's my opinion. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I mean, this one's just tough. I don't know. They... They just let Kyler run around back there. It was like 85 yards. He's just running circles. I mean, it looks like a it looks like a streaker's on the field, and they're trying to the, the security's trying to tackle him. <laughs> and right. nobody can, you know, the streaker's got cleats on, so he's got a little bit of traction, and the security can't get him. Um, but yeah, this this game, I mean, I I I I I legitimately think we might see some stidham for the Raiders. Um, yeah. a car is just, I mean, two games in a row I means he's done some okay things, but I mean, it's just, it's just he making always, two... he always does something really, yeah, he's missing stupid. open guys and making bad, making a few bad decisions. And I just, uh, you know, I think instead of you know, being with McDaniels in, in New England for so long, I do think they have a good relationship. And I just think yeah. that I don't know, man, I think Derek's probably got one or two more games to kind of. Get it going. Well, he got he got Brent Musburger fired. Because Brent Musburger, I, I think I told you what happened last year. Because Carr has lost two games. One game last year, two games last year, two games years before, diving for the pylon with the ball. He loses the ball and he ends up being called a touchback. So that happened. Brent Musburger started currently. He must have had money on the Raiders or something. So he got fired off the play-by-play job. He always does something stupid like that. Once or twice a game, he usually plays a pretty decent game, and then does some stupid stuff. 
dumb you know? as rocks. I'm off his bandwagon, right. by the way. I was on it all summer. I'm off. Of it. He's just. I, I kept telling you, man. I was like, man, Derek Carr. You always did some. You only need like a 1.9 to get a Fresno State University. You know, uh, not even a 2.0. Uh, so that that was that was a learning experience. I'm not going to say it was, it was because we picked it perfectly. It was, I would say, bad luck learning experience. Uh, let me play you that pick. It's a Bears. Uh, this is Dennis Green. Listen to this one. Applicable to this game. We played in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to drown them, then drown your ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we learned about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we had John Bronson, who was on that team, was on the Arizona Cardinal team with Court Warner, where Arizona had uh, the bare feet and the head coach. For the Bears was Lovey Smith who took Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. That's a great podcast I did with John Bronson. His brother, Demetrius Bronson, with the Saints. We'll get an interview with him. He's on my Facebook. Yeah, Chad's on my Facebook, too. So he's on there, Demetrius. And then his other brothers with the WWE. Probably do a podcast with all the brothers. And they're really great friends with all the people out in the Northeast. You're uh, Max Browns of the world. But man, that's what happened, man. The Raiders let them off. <laughs> Good old late, late great Dennis Green, who told me once, and I didn't want to bother him. We we're going to Honeymoon Island fishing. I was on the other side of a boat, charter boat. I don't mess with celebrities. I don't, but he came up to me and approached me. And we were talking about fishing. I told him, you get snook here, Honeymoon Island in uh, uh, Denning, Florida. And I had to ask him. And you guys can surmise the question I asked. And he goes, Josh, Dennis Green, we just heard. He goes, Josh, you never mess with the goose that laying the golden eggs. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what Dennis Green told me about the NFL. Bears, hey guys, question and a half. I got to hop off, guys. All right, man. I'll see you guys right. tomorrow. Okay. All right. All right. Tomorrow, Later. 6 p.m. Western, 8, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yep, yep. See you guys. See ya. All right. Bears 10 and a half. Uh, double digit dog in the division. I think this is bad luck, even though we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to get the call. The Bears were in the end zone to cover the <laughs> Fields was halfway in the end zone. He cleared to go to New York, and I don't know what happened. What do you think, Scott? Bears are the worst offense in the NFL by far. Worst. Worse than the Jets. Right. Josh Fields, Justin Fields, whatever his name is, Fields is not ready <laughs> right, to be right. an NFL quarterback. This you can't crazy. remember his name because he's not going to be in the NFL too long. Yeah, he's, he's not an NFL quarterback. They did not surround him with any weapons. No. They, didn't, they did not help the guy out at all. He's going to be a second-year quarterback that struggles through the whole year, and he's right. going to be the scapegoat for, for them. Right. I... Don't know where they're going to win a game. I, I, I There's always four built-in wins. I don't know where those four built-in wins are because he can't oh, throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. They, they were down in the game. They threw the ball 11 times in the whole game. The whole game. Right. You can't do that 
and and think you're going to win. Dave running back had a great game. Okay, I get that, but you cannot set your quarterback back as a second year pro five years. It just doesn't work. And the Bears are are not good, not as good defensively where they can carry this offense like this. So, um, yeah, double digit underdogs in the division usually pan out. In the Bears' case, they're not going to pan out. And and I think they could be double digits in the division every game, division game they play. Right. Even against Detroit. Detroit might be favored by 10 against them because people oh, yeah, see their offense is coming yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I think the Bears right now are at a point where they could win no more than two games this year. And, and that's just a simple fact. They're just not, they're just not a good team. And in anything, well, even Frost is a great coach, right? He knows how to do more with yeah. laps. He knows he's handicapped yep. in this situation. Fields was in, but the problem is that they can't run that offense all year. Like, Jackson, yeah, they can't. You can't run your quarterback all year. And that's the problem the Giants are going to have. You can't run, uh, Dan, his body's not made up to run five to ten mm-hmm. times in the NFL, even though mm-hmm. Fields looks like a running back. Fields has never won a big game ever, right? Never, he, uh, never. Michigan beat Michigan. Michigan's down on Michigan's academic school right now, which yeah. they're good every once four years with academic guys. Eden Hudson, yeah. perfect example. He's a good student. He was there four years. His fifth year, number one drafted. Those are the right. developmental guys Michigan has. And that's the only team he beat. When he got to the playoffs against NFL teams, right? Clemson and Alabama, which are basically NFL teams, he couldn't do anything. And, and the one thing you have to remember, when you pick a quarterback that high and he doesn't pan out, you set your franchise back years. Years. And Trubisky and Fields have been the last two quarterbacks they drafted high. And it, it's it's set them back. They just, they're just they just not good. That, that family's cheap. It's a family-owned team. Yeah. People are thinking they're going to build a stadium, but people are thinking they're going to sell the team because they've taken out loans on the team. Yep. But they took the $5 billion and built castles. Next to the royal family, yep, right, and they're living good, but it's on loan money. So you have to pay back that loan with the money you make as a team. So what do you yeah. do? You cut labor costs, mm-hmm. which means not a lot of guys, no, no veterans on the practice squad, yeah, right, no veterans on the practice squad, and no backups. So to Scott's point, then you you know you had to in that situation pay for a quarterback. There's not any money for anything else. That's why you right. got a cheap defensive head coach, defensive coordinator as your head coach, because you want to pay him as least amount of box possible, a million dollars, and most guys are getting five million. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So eh, that one was, I think, bad luck or bad pick on that one. I think it was bad luck because Phil's was in the end zone. They bad luck. The they're supposed to, they lose that game 27 17. What do you think? Yep. Bad, uh, this is bad luck. It's total bad luck. I mean, uh, Everything there was there to take the Bears. Double-digit underdog in the division. Um, you know, it, it's just if they had done anything, one play, if they had scored one touchdown, we win the bet. We win the bet. And they were trying to 20 a couple of times. One time they turned it yep. over. And yep. that time they got in the end zone on fourth and one. That yep. even if, I, if I'm him, I'm like, okay, let's not act. Let's be confident. Kick the field goal. You're going to yep. stop them. With your good defense, get the ball back and then score. Yeah, just decision making in, in the course of the game by him was not right. very good either, and that and that cost them too. So first time head coach. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, and then the Monday nights games, it threw me off. I thought they were going to stagger it, right? So this is the first time in history that they played two Monday night games at the same time. Yeah. Usually they play the the 5 four thirty game, right? And it started at 4-15. I'm like, oh, 4-15, okay. You're going to play 4-15, and then the next game, it's going to start at whatever, 6 or whatever. Yeah. So maybe the fourth quarter is at the same time, not the majority of the game. Majority of the game was the same time. Uh, I'd say bad pick because I need to realize that the Bills are building a stadium. So they're going to get the refs calls because they want to see. Remember, the NFL is a commercial real estate company, right? Highest and best use of land. They put entertainment on the real estate. But the NFL owns, uh, I'll get the exact number because I think it's out there, but they own billions of dollars of real estate. Like the Rams Stadium, they own 20% of the Rams Stadium. Stadium in Arizona, they own 20% of that. Any new stadium built, they actually own 20% of the land. So they are a commercial real estate company. Yep. So what does that mean? It's not illegal for the rest to make a bad call that makes the NFL money. It's not illegal. Might be unethical. Might be immoral for us that are betting, right? Immoral, unethical, not illegal. And who's going to prosecute, right? Congress is looking into the Goodell's been in Congress or Schneider. But it's hard to prosecute these people because Goodell has so much money. He can pay off the DA. But that's our off-season podcast where we give in detail how that happens and how that goes down through public records, right? So, again, so that's the sixth occurrence here where I made a bad pick on information that I knew better. I need to take my own advice. Yeah. In addition to that, I think McDermott, like Belichick, has his defense the way he wants. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Diggs, he does. You know, Diggs is looking good. Ken Dorsey's a good offensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, they've improved their offensive line. Right. Uh, and they got another receiver out there. And the running back, that, that's their problem, right? The, the running back is small. They don't have like a good fullback or tight end each back. So that means that. Uh, Josh Allen is running the ball a little bit too much for my taste. Mm -hmm. But even if they bring in the backup, I think they're solid. The yeah. rest of the teams, special teams, opportunistic defense that I got lucky on the over-under. So luck went yeah. the other, other way on the total because of special teams, because they're creating turnovers, and they have a good offense. They're going over. So this is a rare occasion. You might see me bet the Bills minus whatever and over the total. What yeah. do you think, Scott? And also keep in mind that the Buffalo Bills are the NFL's darling team this year. Right. It, all the talk has been about the Bills going to Super Bowl, all that other stuff. When that's the case, usually that team is the one that makes the Super Bowl. I, Buffalo is, is really talented on both sides of the ball. They have the best team in the NFL, I think. Um, and I think you're going to see them score 30 points Every game, I think team total, if it's in the 20s, I think you need to take the over. Right. And this is the beginning of the season. We might flip yeah. uh, half the season or three-quarters of the season. Maybe they clinch in the rest of the starters or they're playing a team that's hot, whatever. But, however, for now, I think for the next four to six games, I think that's spot on. This is this is the, the guy that's 
Josh Allen is the guy that the wants the NFL wants to be MVP. Yes. Buffalo Bills are the team that the NFL wants to represent because they bring an offensive firepower and an offensive threat to every game. And the NFL loves points. Goodell wants to see as many points scored as possibly can because it'll bring eyes to the TV, supposedly. Um, and they bring value yes. to the construction project of a new Yep. State. Yep. So I think all that perfect storm has resulted in this. And I think the Bills are mad about last year and what happened in Kansas City. And I, I think they're taking it out on every team they play. And if you watch last night's game, they will look, again, really, really good on offense. And that, and defensively, they, they, Tampa Bay, if Tampa Bay and Buffalo played this year, both defenses would have a tough time stopping the other offense, but but I think there would be turnovers and sacks and all that other stuff. But I think right now Buffalo's hitting on all cylinders, and I, I think you can't not pick them. I'm in, very interested to see how the Buffalo-Miami spread this week end, ends up because I think this could be the toughest challenge for Buffalo all year long, going down well, to Miami. It's a thing, too. Um, and, you know, and piece of structure because – even though they're old, even though I think both guys are a little senile, the advantage that Pete Carroll has and Bill Belichy has is total control. Yep. And having things structured and details of the structure and the strategy, because I think, in my mind, right, Belichy all the year is playing the game plan to beat the Bills, which mm -hmm. is run the ball. They run the ball against Pittsburgh, which is not easy to do. And play really good defense, ball control, and field position. You pin him deep. Gilly's heel is always a running quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. Josh Allen, when he plays the Patriots, has to run the ball a lot. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. The Patriots have an advantage. So I think the Patriots can beat Buffalo. Where they can win enough games playing that style against everybody else. Yeah. An yeah, that's a different question. Because that's the dropping punts all year and giving but, him field position. And they don't have they, a lot Make no mistake about it, the division goes through Buffalo. I, oh, I, I'm very high on Buffalo. Even I mean, if I'm, the Patriots beat them twice, they're still winning the division. Absolutely. No question. No question. So, Even if Miami beats them twice, you're still winning the division. Yeah. Miami doesn't have the depth. And right. uh, the Patriots are playing uh, Belichick's dad's offense at Army. 50 years ago. Yep. No That's question. Win with defense, special teams, and blah, blah, blah. No question. Then the last game, uh, I feel we have six picks that I made wrong. That I was just dead wrong. I didn't do enough research. I didn't follow my old advice. I didn't think it through as much as I should have. I don't to clean up those mistakes starting now. This game, I think we had it right. Uh, we had the Eagles all the way. It was the Eagles all the way. That was the problem. The problem was the total, which we did well, 11 5 on total. So it's within that 20% luck factor probability. Yep. Yep. Where Kirk Cousins, man, they didn't make adjustments. Make sure he's not listening to O'Connell, but he made the same mistake in the red zone each time. He didn't see the underneath coverage. And he threw the interception three times. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they went up and down the field on 
on Eagles to get this game over. And if they score even one time, that's what really upset me, which I shouldn't be upset because I'm not one calling the plays. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. You only get upset about things you can't control. But still, it was like if he learns from his mistakes and just scores like he should have with wide open receivers, one out of three times, that forces the Eagles to go back and because the Eagles had shut down the real offense because they had to be late. Kirk Cousins in prime time is, I don't know if he has problems seeing the field at night or what, what, yeah, what the deal is. But when he's, he can't see. When he's playing in a prime time game, he comes up short. Right. And he did again last night, you know, three interceptions, 200 and something yards. I'm going to start taking that into an effect now. I, you know, again, I was like Super Bowl loser, hangover. I don't believe in that. Yeah. I didn't believe in that. And now I'm starting to believe in that, that Kirk Cousins can't perform in primetime. Sunday night, nerves. Monday night. He just can't do it. I don't right. know what it is. Yeah, nerves. It could be he gets himself too worked up, and he goes out, and he blindly throws the ball, and he tunes out the coach and does whatever. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's got a really good team on offense. Really good team. And they showed nothing last night. Nothing. So I, I'm a little well, bit worried about Minnesota. The right? they, they got to the 20-yard line. That's three times I talked about it, and then he throws interception. Yeah, and having they said that. The 20, they were fine. Once they got inside the 20, which O'Connell, being a young guy, if your guy's having those problems, and I think he's just tough because he's an Andy Reid guy, bring in the two tight ends, three tight yep. ends, and run the ball and settle for a field goal. Right, just get to get some good vibes going, right? Just to settle your quarterback down, and maybe he's a veteran who still has nerves, yep. right? And yep. then make it easier for him the next time you're in the twenties. Because they're thinking, oh, they might run the ball, regardless of whether you're down by X amount of points. And and having said that, when I went to Vegas before the year, I picked Philadelphia to win that division at plus one forty-five. So I feel I feel really good about that pick. Because I like what Philadelphia's doing right. Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback right now. Best he's ever been in his pro career. So, and they got the running game. And they got two, three wide receivers plus the tight end. And the defense is pretty good. You know, the defense is underestimated. So, Rosen's roster is as good as anybody else. The only team that's close is Dallas. Yep. Yep. Roster. They probably have a good good roster as Dallas. Yep. So, I just like Philadelphia. I, I think Philadelphia is gonna gonna shock some people. I think they're gonna make a deep playoff run. They're gonna win 10, 11 games this year. They're gonna get in there. They're gonna get some home games. Um, you know, this this what they did to that Minnesota offense speaks volumes about what that right. coaching staff is doing with them. So, I love Philadelphia this year, and they're playing Washington this week. So that's that could be a high scoring game as well. So, oh, big time. Big time. The vision game, you can't leave things in your back pocket because this counts. Absolutely. Yep. And at this point, they're saying it might be close. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Philadelphia running probably comes close to running away with it with Dallas chasing. Yeah. You know, I think I think they're going to win the division by two games, probably. That that's what I think. Because so. the Commanders and Giants look like seven wins at most, seven and ten. Everybody out there, at most and most. Everybody that's listening to this that thinks the Giants are a solid two and zero, 
they're a fraud 2-0. Totally fraud. Completely. Yeah. They just barely beat Tennessee. And they, they beat a Ben McAdoo. Yeah, absolutely. And they and they just beat a, a Ben McAdoo-led offensive coordinated team. And that's that's not not good. So. The only credit I give to them is that they didn't lose those games. The other teams yes. bosses. Yes. So In that's years what past they're not gonna beat themselves. Yeah. So so lest you think the Giants are a really good 2 and O team, Daniel Jones is a quarterback. He hasn't done anything. No. Saquon Barkley's carried that team for the first two games, and it's gonna come back to bite them. They could start this week against Dallas. Saquon Barkley hasn't played a a full season since his senior year at Penn State. Yep. Before Penn State, he was hurt. Get John get John Ryan on and ask him about. (laughs) I think John Ryan said the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) He did. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like John. Yeah, you're a fan. You gotta let yourself be a fan sometimes. Yeah. Like I think Chad's brother's going to win the Heisman Trophy. And then Oregon State's going to be in the playoffs. You got to let yourself dream when it's your own team. I yep. think USF is going to be 500 this year. Yep. I can, I'm not betting it. I'm not going to dream it. But you got to let your, you got to, you know, you got to give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. I would encourage John not to put a bet that the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we love John, man. John knows we love him. We do. He's on. He was on with Jim on Saturday. I listened to that. He was spot on with his picks. He was spot on with his picks. So, but the difference between us and them, him, we give you all our picks, and all our picks are free, which makes them what more valuable with the team of this podcast. Final words, yep. Scott, before we give him Winston Churchill. Watch this. Watch this podcast right before you listen to the Marinades podcast. You know, put, blend it all into one, and uh, you know, get you two and a half, three hours in of, uh, of podcasting with us and you'll make some money this week. So You're right, because it's the highest and best use of, our t- of your time and we're giving you information you can monetize. And you don't have to pay Action Sports $300. You don't have to pay anybody any money for picks. You can learn how to pick your own games or use our picks blindly. Just use equal amount of money on each bet. And if you win $29,000, like Jimmy, we have it set up on the on the website where you can send us a tip, $25, $50, right? And we're not going to use it for charity. We're going to use it for ourselves. Maybe our wives will get some money. Also, we have Chance Nolan, who's going against USC this week. Uh, we have his shirts. We have his hoodies. We have Chance hats. And if he does win the Heisman Trophy or becomes the number one pick, those are valuable merchandise items, all right? But it's not philanthropy or religion. We practice what Winston Churchill said. It's really a business term. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the EFTC. I'm the best.